Welcome to the Climbing Fierce podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping Christian women of influence steadily climb towards the plans, purposes, and presence of God. I'm Hannah Schaefer, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Dr. Claudia Dempsey. Join us this season as we explore key topics, strategies, and growth points that will help you not only grow in your faith, but to help others do the same. This is Climbing Fierce. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Climbing Fierce. We're so glad to have you joining us on this journey. For those of you who have been tracking with us the past couple of weeks, you know that we have opened up this spring season with a mini-series on confidence because of the incredible impact that confidence has on how we engage our lives and, um, more specifically, the journey of faith. So before we dive in, Claudia, you gave me a little chance to give an update on the Schaefer household in episode one, but I know that people would like to hear from you what's been going on in your life, maybe what God's been uh, talking to you about, anything like that. Um, Yeah, so Christmas holiday went well, great break with family. Um, I know you mentioned uh, little Gideon as an addition. Mm -hmm. We had a little boy brought into our home in the shape of a little puppy that was unexpected (laughs) compliments of my daughter no he didn't stay super long but 10 days over the break with a little puppy yes um so that was interesting i feel like that's kind of like a grandbaby um well it felt very much and we we know we've had little puppies uh we've got two dogs now oh my goodness the work so yeah anyway right now who's got that puppy at home we're feeling for you that was a lot of unexpected work (laughs) super cute um but so that was that but as far as what god is saying i think in fact we were just talking about this um is this idea of walking with him rather than just running for him there's Mm. a big difference and we are called to run the race Mm. um but when we do it in self-striving and this effort of trying to accomplish something, I think we're missing something so significant. If he is not the source, if he's not that accompaniment, if he's not mm. right there by our side through it. So that's kind of a takeaway for me and in going into 2024. I don't, I don't want to strive and chase and run. I, I want to walk with my king. And then mm. as he's running, I want to run alongside and keep up, Yeah, but not be chasing after my own good ideas or even thoughts on how to help and step in. It can get, we can lose sight of things in ministry when it becomes about all the doing. Mm. I don't want to go there. Yeah. I have so many comments and thoughts that I think (laughs) we should just take an entire podcast. (laughs) And that's a great um, header for our, or title for our podcast. Maybe we'll have to do an episode on that. That sounds good. good. Sounds really good. Um, Okay. Well, so we are jumping back into our confidence mini series. And as we have discussed already, there is such a large base of research that confirms that people are able to do more and go further when there is an anchoring sense of personal confidence. Absolutely. And as we have already discovered, this is especially crucial for women specifically, who are generally uh, predisposed to greater levels of underconfidence than men. So today we want to continue to explore that topic. But first, Claudia, I always love to ask you questions. Um, I would love to know what your opinion is on the phrase, fake it till you make it. Okay. Yeah. So I've heard a lot of different views on this one. Um, I, I have to say, I think at the end of the day, I'm a supporter of this idea when it means this. Let me clarify what I believe it to mean. And that's the idea of stepping out with courage and faith when you don't necessarily feel um, 
certain, fully certain about what's happening. Like if you're nervous or you don't fully know how it's going to play out or you don't have all the next steps figured, but taking that step anyway. Hmm. So being willing to, um, I know we've used this expression, kind of do it afraid, um, Mm -hmm. being willing to step into something even when the emotions aren't quite there. Mm -hmm. Now, and I've heard others say, whoa, don't ever go down that road because that's how you get to um, shame and you're you're calling yourself kind of fraudulent if you're calling yourself self a fake that's not it we're not saying if you've never trained for a marathon to get off the couch and pretend that you're a marathon runner or you've <laughs> never been to med school and you're, you're going to start acting like you're a physician that, that's not it at all we're just saying yeah, we don't want that <laughs> no right none of that but we are saying it's okay to step into something when you still feel really nervous about it mm-hmm. or it seems bigger than you um, you know my kids I had to put them into to preschool and then to school and then start, when they they were like, oh my gosh, that's too big and scary. Mom, I'd rather go back home. And mm. we push them into that next level and stage because we know that with that thing comes to growth where then they they inhabit that and that suddenly seems normal and then mm. they go on to that next stage. So yeah, sometimes we got to step out and by fake it, fake it till you make it, meaning hold on to that courage. Um, and do it afraid if you need to as you're stepping out into what you feel God's calling you to do. Yeah. Ooh, that's so good. Glad we asked the question. Yeah. Um, I was talking to my mom about this podcast episode, and she was asking if we were going to talk about um, imposter syndrome. Um, I told her that we might touch on it here and there, but some of what you're talking about, um, just in in that response, some of that, like, uh, feeling fake. We're not saying that you need to be self-shaming or – I don't know, go down that rabbit hole. Well, but so, okay, let's just, can we take a second? Yeah. And um, D-Weezy, right? Shout mm-hmm. out. Thank you, D-Weezy. Great That's point. Right, yeah. Um, it was her birthday yesterday. Oh, happy belated <laughs> birthday. Um, yes, yeah, so imposter syndrome, what this is, is this idea that um, I'm not enough. Mm. And somebody's going to figure out I'm not enough. And... And we don't always feel like we're enough. And, and I think that's, a, that's probably a good thing. Hmm. Um, God's going to lead us to places where we've got to rely on him on faith. You know, rely in faith on him. What's the wording? We need to be in faith. Mm-hmm. We need to have faith relying on him. And, um, and we may not always feel as competent. And because we're so, it's a culture of comparison. And we see with social media and everything's in front of us. So yeah. I can see you in your most dazzling moments and I can look over here and feel somehow inadequate and we end up this internal comparing. And what happens then is I just almost wait in fear of being found out. Mm. Well, that's where we, again, this, a lot of it comes back to perspective, how we're talking to ourselves. But again, this, this willingness to do it afraid and kind of even that very point we opened up with, if I'm walking with Jesus, I don't have to prove anything. I don't have to accomplish anything. I just have to walk with my king. Mm. And what that takes all the pressure off. Yeah. And I think that's a great place to be and really helps instill confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's a good word. All right. We'll catch you next time on climbing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we have more for you, but that's a really good word. Yeah. I appreciate the do it afraid because it just, um, I just had like 17 thoughts. I was listening to, and I would not recommend listening to this, but an interview with Jane Fonda. Okay. And she said, I'm not an ambitious person, actually. Like, in general, I am i don't find myself an ambitious person. And um, she said, I just pursued the things that would, like, come in front of me. And 
I had somebody ask me one time in an interview for a job, are you an ambitious person? And I said, no. And she says that she didn't end up getting that job, which she obviously kicked herself over for Mm. admitting that she wasn't an ambitious person. (laughs) Um, But you know, you might step into that next that next thing and feel unqualified or scared, um, but you should step forward knowing, like, you, sometimes you just have to do it afraid. I can't, you know, as you're saying <clears throat> that, I can't think of many instances where some neat doors opened and I didn't step into them with some nervousness and mm-hmm. some apprehension and even wondering, like, Lord, wow, this one seems a little little too big for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't recall that. I, I don't know how many times I've had to go step back into my office. I'm like, Lord, this next thing I'm stepping into later today, like, I need you to help me through this. So if, if we were going to wait for our emotions to always be there, to always feel 100% confident, to always feel... We'd, we'd never leave our shell, right? Mm-hmm. But we are called to step out. And, and some of that discomfort is not just part of the process. I think it's a necessary part of the process because that's how we step into things mm. that where God can step in, but then we also grow through it. Mm. That's really interesting. It makes me think about what people say about having kids. Like you can't wait until you're quote unquote ready to have kids to have kids. You're right. Financially ready. Right. And there's some wisdom in like, <laughs> if you can't pay your bills, maybe you shouldn't have a child right now, right? But in general, people that are saying that probably are cognizant of you know, they're able to pay their bills, but they want to be, you know, ready in all the ways to have children. But if there's anything I've learned two and a half years in is the process is where God is providing for mm. you and showing you. Absolutely. Um, some of the like, yeah, Hannah, you, like you can do this. Um, and in all of the gaps that I have, he's he's filling as I surrender them to him. So it's, it's similar, I think, to what you're saying. It's a real life uh, implication of that. It's like, you're never going to be, quote unquote, ready to be the perfect parent. You're never going to be the perfect parent. Right. You just got to like step in and embrace the unknown. Lucy's very obsessed with Frozen right now. So we just watched Frozen 2. <laughs> and when Anna uh, says that she has to just do the next right thing, I think she sings a song about about it. Um, I think that's, I mean, that's so true. When you don't know what to do, you just go and you do the next right thing. Okay, that, uh, if anybody's followed Elizabeth Elliot, who I'm mm. just such a big Elizabeth Elliot st- a fan, and just her story, that was kind of one of her mottos. Mm. Just do that next thing. Just it. life is, don't figure out 10 miles down the road. Um, just step into that next thing and God will open those doors and those opportunities right in front of you. Um, confidence does not mean you're going to look at that next thing in front of you and just be like, oh my gosh, this is totally me. I mm-hmm. have this. Confidence is understanding who I'm designed to be the call on my life, and the God who's right there beside me to walk me through this. And the fact that he'll show up. And and whatever happens, the outcome may not be what we think it could be or should be, but knowing that he is sovereign. That's where we talk about the difference between a secular perspective perspective of confidence and then a Christian perspective. Mm. It's knowing I'm not the source. I don't have to be the source, but yet finding the courage um, to feel this assurance, I think that's what it is. Bottom line, it's this assurance that I can step into this and it's going to be good. Whether whether the results, again, look like on paper what I want, he's so good. He's going to do good things as I'm stepping out in faith and I lean in and trust him. And I, you know, I've often thought that expression, he works all things together. For, yeah, the whole picture together. 
Hmm. It's going to be good. Mm -hmm. And the moment by moment, we may not know. We not may not like an outcome or we may not even know. There's times we do these episodes where like, um, we don't, until we get some reports, we're like, we don't know who's <laughs> going to even um, be helped or served through something. But it's stepping in and leaning and and knowing that it's in God's hands mm -hmm. to do with what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it is the fish and the bread. Um, you know, I feel so comforted in saying, Lord, this is my two loaves and one fish that I have and <laughs> yep. there's a multitude that's hungry and so I pray yes. that with my very um, insignificant small amount of resource that you can multiply this um, into whatever you need to do for your kingdom and it takes like you said a lot of the pressure off and I think confidence and self-confidence as a believer does look different you know because of that so you kind of touched on this um you know, knowing yourself and being self-aware. And we have a lot of reasons why um, we need to be students of our own perceptions and our yeah. own thought patterns, with, so much so, right. which we've talked a lot about. Um, but we're going to have to do that if we're going to really fully embrace the growth opportunities that God has set before us in our lives. Yeah. So, and we've, we've alluded to this so much in the past season and we're going to talk about it again we really do have to understand and engage the way we think um and be trans we're transformed by the renewing of our mind right we mm -hmm. have to keep working on this um, neuroscience really speaks this clearly i love um and i don't i hate you know advocating for folks i don't know a lot of his background but i've listened to him speak quite a number of times andrew huberman neuroscientist out of Stanford talks so much about the establishing establishing new thought patterns um, and how we can create these new neural pathways. And that sounds awful, you know, sciency sounds <laughs> like, well, you know, is that a Christian thing? But when you think what it, it is taking every thought captive, it's replacing it with truth, it's establishing this belief. Um, because what happens is confidence rises and falls on this fulcrum of our perspective, right? And limiting limiting perspectives are going to absolutely stall any sense of confidence I have. So uh, imposter syndrome, if I'm going into something, I'm like, ah, I just, I'm, I'm not as equipped as Hannah. I, I probably shouldn't be here. I, mm -hmm. I failed it the last time I did this. I, I don't know if I'm gonna be very good at this. Uh, I probably, you know, my parents said it, I'd never step into something like this. And whatever's going on, if those are the thoughts coming through, rather than I have been appointed for this time by a sovereign king who for some reason is inviting me into this conversation, hmm. I'm going to step on that and stand on that foundation versus um, I shouldn't be here. Oh, my gosh. What do I have to say? I don't have anything to say. These people don't need to hear from me. Hmm. It's when those two differing perspectives impact how we walk out what we're going to do and and the way we lean in and speak into things and to really have the impact that we're called to i think it's so critical that we come to a place where we're identifying and seeing those faulty perspectives mm. and we're constantly laying those aside and building building this new these thought patterns of again it's not that i'm great mm -hmm. i've been put here by a god who's great so i'm going to walk that out as well as i can mm-hmm mm -hmm. But also like understanding that God has purpose for us so we can have confidence in the fact that he wants to partner with us. You know, we're not begging and pleading him. God, please use me. Please use me. It's like he he's actually looking, I think. This was his plan. Yeah. He's looking at us saying, who will go? Who who will I yeah. send? Um, and waiting for someone to say, Lord, please send me. Like use me in 
um, in ways that you want to. So I know that you just talked about uh, Andrew Huberman and The Road Most Traveled. I really appreciate this concept. And when I first found out about it, I mean, I've meditated on it a lot because the idea that there is um, a new neuropathway and like it is a road you have to keep traveling in order for the other road to get <laughs> overgrown. Yeah, right. Yes. Um, and that one becomes like the new normal thought pattern is so helpful for just the picture that I need in my brain to to understand that concept. Um, so in, th- in making that uh, application to our lives, I am just thinking through this. Is this like a really lengthy process? Is there um, a way that we can kind of shorten it? Because it seems kind of intimidating. Yeah, because we're talking about, and what Andrew Huberman and the neuroscientists are saying is, um, your thoughts are going to go where your thoughts always go. Mm. So if you need to change direction, you need to create a whole new road. Mm -hmm. You got to pave that with a lot of new thoughts, and you got to kind of almost put to death the other one. So that can sound um, almost intimidating at first. But honestly, the first initial step is just identifying some some of wh- what is negative. What Where are my thoughts? What does this thought highway even look like? And take mm. some time and pay attention to what those look like. Um, and then as we begin to redirect those, begin to speak that truth, it, it almost sounds like, well, speak the truth over yourself. It it almost, I hate to say this, sounds like just a, a cheesy thing we say to one right. another as Christians. Uh-huh. No, this is absolutely fundamental of just, because what you're doing is we believe what we tell ourselves. So mm. we're giving ourselves new information. I, I don't know if I shared this previously. I had an old college roommate who would constantly say, gosh, I'm, I'm just a stupid idiot. Did oh I, yeah. Did I share this before? I think last season, yeah. Okay. I'm just a stupid idiot. Well, well where's her thought process mm. going to go? Mm-hmm. I've heard her say that five, ten times a day. Mm. She's always going there. So we have to put that thought to death. We've got to dismantle it. And then, but not just have a vacuum, we've got to replace some things. Mm. Um, but even we've got to take into consideration. So this is something that's important. Um, we talk about life script and the, these things that define who I am and how I see life. We, we had a friend, and I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. We had a friend visit, and um, he, he was a college-age kid visiting with my, my, my children, came over to the house, and my son came over and was staying for a little bit and brought his laundry. Well, this gentleman's international student who was visiting, and he didn't do his laundry. He was raised in a culture where the women of the home did the laundry. Well, my son knew full well. Um, he's got two very nicely working arms that can pick up some laundry, <laughs> put them in the washing machine. He did his own laundry. Well, this guy was pretty offended that, like, I would be allowing my son to do laundry. Okay. Um, like, I can't believe that you would do this to your children kind of thing. He wasn't wrong. He he has been given a perspective. He's been mm. given a script. And he's playing along the lines of that script. We all have that from from the family that we were raised in, to the environmental messages from the churches we grew up in, and mm-hmm. on and on. So many factors have given us a script, and we just will follow that unless we stop, press pause, and start to speak into that script. Mm. And so your, your question is, is this, does this take a lot of time? No, initially it's going to take some work because it's almost... It's working some new muscles we haven't worked. Right. But I promise you within a few weeks, if you start to do this, and we've got some resources to help you walk through this, it becomes like the morning routine. When I wake up, from the time I wake up and walk out the door, I don't really have to think about what I'm doing. Now, there's a lot of little steps in there, but I just phone a routine. It gets done, and I'm out the door, and hopefully 
Um, sometimes I'm like, okay, I've got my shoes. I've got everything's on, you know. <laughs> um, no, it, it really becomes so routine. You stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So it's not hard. It does take intentionality, though. Mm. So we've got to start there with an awareness to dismantle some of those wrong messages, understand the scripts we've been given, and then start to speak into them with truth. Mm -hmm. I can think of so many things in my life that now I'm almost 30 that I have had to reroute. Like even, Mm. okay, my mom is going to laugh at this because she actually listens to the podcast. (laughs) Mom, don't tell dad this. (laughs) Um, My dad always joked that, not joked, he wasn't joking, that that women – like real women wear red nail polish and have nice nails. And so like growing up, I just heard that a lot that it, it's probably taken most of my twenties to realize like, okay, that is not right. But it's a, it's a family cultural thing that I heard so frequently that I had to like dismantle the more people I interacted with, the more like, Christopher, my husband, does not care if my nails are painted red or if they look super nice. Um, right. <laughs> the only reason that he would enjoy them is like a nice little, a little scratch. scratch. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, well, so that's a perfect example of how we we sometimes don't even know those elements in the script we've been given that are just not reality. It's uh-huh. somebody created something that, that meant something to them. Right. But isn't isn't a truth, Mm -hmm. and it isn't God's truth. And so really um, paying attention to things like we talked about previously, those shoulds, Mm. right? I should do this. I should be this. I should uh, apply this. or um, That that can be suffocating, Um, just condemning thoughts of where maybe we've fallen short, shame of just, um, Claudia, you're just not quite as good as that person. Mm -hmm. Or um, look what happened, and that, that experience from back when, still haunt you, um, comparison fears, those are the things we need to start to just listen for. Mm. Take some time and start to pay attention like, okay, what are those? Because those are lies. Mm. And so what we're doing actually is very <clears throat> biblical of identifying the lie and saying, yeah. gosh, I I don't want to be a subject to the lie. Mm-hmm. That's the work of the enemy. Right? How do I... I can't get out from under it until I identify what it is and begin to break that chain. Yeah. And then when I do and it's replaced with truth, that's the new pathway. And that's where my thoughts begin to go. And, I, and I'm telling you, that changes everything. I'm, I, there's no, that's not even an exaggeration. It literally changes everything and how we mm-hmm. feel. Just this comfortability about who we are, what yeah. we're called to do, how I relate to others. Mm. It is so significant. And I'm, I'm like, why are more people not talking about this? Because this is so important. Yeah. I think, Claudia, you said this, um, not in the podcast, just in a conversation with me, that this, like a good measure of this is, am I, do I feel the same way about myself or think the same things about myself when I walk into my workplace where I'm well-known and maybe well-liked, and then I walk into a baby shower where nobody knows me, Mm -hmm. and that's such a practical thing, or a birthday party or, you know, whatever stage of life you're in, um, where you walk into a place that nobody knows you. What are you telling yourself in your mind about who you are and how you're going to interact with people and um that's so funny all right literally this past sunday went to church <laughs> I, it's it's freezing here for anybody listening uh, you're gonna hear this later mm-hmm. um really cold here right now i don't know why i got up for church i'm like i'm gonna be warm all i want to do is be warm i was the most casual 
for church this past Sunday than I've ever been in my life. Um, I had on the biggest, warmest, coziest sweatshirt kind of thing with a hood, <laughs> um, jeans, and big warm sneakers and big fluffy socks. Listen, that's really in and, with college age. Oh my kids, gosh! So. <laughs> I, so it was a great idea leaving my house because I was so warm. But I got to church and I started to look around at these women who were just dressed. They looked so great. Hmm. They were. I like what like. What an idiot. What am I dressed like I'm going to like a pajama party or something, you know? And I'm like, I found myself kind of backing up. I saw somebody I knew. I didn't even go over to say hi to her. I'm like, uh, she looked so good. And she's going to be like, what happened to Claudia today? Like, what, 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 what did you forget where yeah. you are? But I did that. I immediately had this message of, um, I'm, I'm not enough right now. Hmm. I don't look as good as these ladies around mm. me. And it, it impacted how I felt. Yeah. And I left. I'm like... So I get in the car leaving. I'm like, what did you just do? Yeah. Why did you act like that? You, nothing changed about you. I had right. on the biggest, coziest, sweatery sweatshirt thing because mm. I was cold. Nothing changed, but I acted like I was suddenly not okay or not adequate enough to be there. And and I know stuff about this. So imagine when we don't know yeah. and we're, we're so impacted by these things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Claudia, can you be our tour guide into the depths of what will actually help this thinking? I think I could have used this a lot as a younger person. So hopefully we can, we can dive, dive into the, um, practicality of this. Yeah. So I think, so there's a couple steps. One is just beginning to sit for a little bit and identify the negatives. Mm -hmm. What, what are those? And I would say, um, I know Folks, some will naturally be inclined to journaling, some aren't. Maybe a few can. Those who are not journalers, take a moment and just jot some of these down for just a couple days. Like, what are you hearing? Is it negative? Um, Start to record that. And then second, try to find some of the points of origin. Did this come from my parents? Did this come from my environment? Did this come from my my, um, workplace or from a really um, difficult boss? I remember a woman telling me a story one time. She... um, graduated with honors um, and quite a few honors. And so there was this graduation ceremony and she was called up or or recognized in some way for these multiple different honors. And the guy, uh, one of the, you know, folks over the whole occasion pulled her aside after um, and said, listen, um, I want to tell you a little story. Excuse me, my voice is getting froggy. I want to tell you a little story. It's a story about a little, little bunny. Uh, little bunny's hopping in the woods and this little bunny has all these gold medals around her neck um and this little bunny um sees a wolf and so (laughs) seriously the little bunny goes and hops behind a tree because she's so scared because there's a wolf but all her medals are are jangling together so the wolf comes and he eats her up and and she's looking at this person in a very significant position of influence and she's like what are you saying and he was communicating to her um as a woman look what you've accomplished. Don't you get prideful. We don't even know that you, and because she felt this throughout, we don't know that you necessarily warranted all this, but this is where it landed. Um, but you better just watch it. Oh I'm just going to come in. And, and she, she told him this story. How do you not have something like this? It's those sort of things like that stays with you. Yeah. I can remember something on, on the sixth mm. grade, on the playground, a boy said something. It was really hurtful. I now, in my 50s, I remember where I was standing and I remember mm. what he said. Yeah. So what are these things? we got to identify the sources because yeah. then we want to go back. Yeah. And that woman speaking to that individual over her needs to almost go in that encounter and say, 
look what God enabled me to do. Look what I could do in the strength of a Lord, the Lord who empowered me to excel in school. That's a victory moment, and I'm going to walk that out with confidence mm. and what he's calling me. So we almost have to go speak to some of those. So identify mm. some of the negativity, then begin to speak to it. Yeah. I shared, did I share with you guys at some point just my experience with my dad? Um, I don't, but just even being, you know, being raised in a home with an alcoholic father who was very absent. Um, once a month, I think I was supposed to spend a Saturday with him. And how many Saturdays I was sitting, literally sitting outside on the steps of the front porch just waiting for him to show. Mm. And he never showed. And he never, And I'm like, oh, gosh, maybe he's going to be an hour late today. So yeah. he was a little innocent kid. Oh, no, he's going to come. An hour sitting. Mm. And then eventually being, well, what's wrong with me mm. that my dad wouldn't want to take a Saturday? And spend? So we got to find that, and we got to start to speak truth to those places. Um, and, again, we're going to have some resources. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing is when we, when we identify some of those, when we find the source, we begin to speak to it because this is where we flip the script. A message that we've interpreted, we become very self-protective. So when something happens, we we give these, we create narratives. We got to speak to the narrative, change the narrative, and impart God's truth into that because that's where transformation starts to happen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's pause and recap a little bit on the ground that we've covered so far. So first is going to be listening to and starting to identify some of the limiting thought patterns that we have. The second one is then once we have identified those thought patterns, those loops, uh, we can then go the step further to try to identify the source. And by that, we mean, are there core influencing factors that have shaped those thoughts and those identities? Um, And then the third... Is that idea of flipping the script. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I saw you look at your screen. I'm like... I did. Um, Yeah, so then we have to flip the script and... um, you know, with some of those replacement thoughts um, that you mentioned. Uh, I'm looking through um, some of the ones that you, uh, I think, mentioned. You know, God can use past shortcomings for his purposes, but I'm not settling for that. I'm choosing to continue to press in and press on towards excellence, saying things like, my future is bright. The things the Lord has planned for me, I don't even know what doors he has, Mm. has, you know, before me that I can't even see yet. Um, You know, some of those reframing thoughts. That's really good. So I know that we're just really scratching the surface here, but I really believe that this is such helpful information for our listeners who really want to establish new perspectives and recognize their God-given value and purpose. Um, And like you said, I really think that this could change everything. Mm. I think this miniseries could really change everything for for some people out there. Um, In small pieces in my own journey, I didn't have this resource, obviously, um, but I can see how how what you're talking about um, has come into my life, and it has been transforming. Um, It has been what has brought freedom into my life. Or, um, excuse me, I'm froggy too. It's because it's (laughs) cold outside. (laughs) But, you know, it's been, it's been these things that have allowed me to step into who God has made me to be and is continuing to make me into the woman that he's, um, that he's calling me to be. So, you know, something I don't want to end without saying, and to get God's truth in, that's the foundation. So in mm-hmm. all of this, I guess yeah. they're just almost assuming, but there's this intake of God's truth. Mm-hmm. That's got to be part of it because it's his truth that becomes the kind of the, um, the that f- point of the fulcrum, mm-hmm. right? That's the, that's the core of everything. And then when we have that in, that becomes what we're basing all our reframing ideas on and the things we're saying are, are coming from the truth of scripture as it's applied 
to my life and my circumstances. Yeah. <clears throat> wow, I am really froggy. Sorry about that. <laughs> I caught a little Lucy sickness over the weekend. So, um, you know, I think one of the biggest takeaways, Claudia, from today is that personal confidence is a perspective-driven attitude. The perspective piece is seriously so important, and it's really going to greatly impact the way that we engage with our life. Um, you know, whether you're at the baby shower or church with your sweatshirt on or whatever, <laughs> it actually leads to action, which I think we might have mentioned um, this is last season, but the T cycle, right? Yes. So Absolutely. those emotions are actually leading us towards actions. Yeah. And so it's thoughts, emotions, actions, which by the way, since we recorded that, I think about it all the time. Right. It's so true when yeah. you see it played out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about in the first few weeks of this series, um, you know, we need a Joshua reframing experience mm. in our yes. lives. And so we need that in order to move from self-doubt and insecurity to a place where we are strong and courageous. Um, listen, self-doubt, comparison, insecurity, and shame, they're not a reflection of God's truth. They are no, they are nothing more than deceit-driven byproducts of life in a sinful world. And if we're going to fully embody the strength and courage of Joshua, we'll have to embrace a life script that recognizes the truth it recognizes redemption and the grace of a sovereign king who invites his children into the workings and the glory of his kingdom. Claudia, do you have any closing thoughts for us? Amen. Yep. <laughs> no, right. So that's it. It's the call of Joshua, be strong and courageous. So mm-hmm. I just say to anybody listening, walking this journey out, you know what it is to feel that twinge of self-doubt or insecurity or comparison that you're just not enough. We want to say, one, almost to normalize it, like, yeah, we're right there with you. Mm -hmm. We have all had that. But there's a call for all of us to step into the fullness of what God has for us. And not just that, not just so we're fruitful. John 15, I love that, is we're plugged in, that we're fruitful. It Mm -hmm. glorifies our Father when we're Mm -hmm. fruitful. But there's also peace and joy to be had in this process. And the more we can lean in and understand confidence, there is this settling of peace and rest in the process. And that's a huge ingredient that helps us walk out that call more effectively. Amazing. All right, friends, that is all for today. Until next time, go climb fierce. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast, wherever you stream your podcasts. Be sure to check out today's show notes for more resources, links, and helpful tools on today's topic. You can find these resources and more on our website at www.growthpointperspective.com. If this podcast has been at all impactful for you or someone you know, let us know, leave us a review or send it to a friend who might need to hear about today's topics. And if you have any questions or an episode idea for us, or you want to get in contact with our team, email hello at growthpointperspective.com. Until next time, friends, go climb fierce.